Coming up, we are quite light on news. In Masterclass, we ask you to shoot a hero. Please ask us more questions, you've paid for it. And then finally, he shouldn't be called a cowboy anymore. Episode 81 is next. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Konnichiwa, this is Ryu Vogel. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to spend a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please go to patreon.com slash BLFS and show us how much you love us, because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. News, Matt Cohen. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month, and we talk about ourselves, because what else would we talk about? Nothing else, really. Yeah. So you said you got a lot of news then. I do have a lot of news. I don't have any kind of shoots to talk about because I took a whole month off. Okay. Yeah. Well, that happens. I was looking at the schedule, and I guess there was some kind of, I don't know, there was a circus, and then something else in the place where the sharks play so the sharks were gone for almost the whole month and they had like two games in the middle and i said if i take those two games off i'm not gonna have to shoot for a whole month i'll be able to have some of my gear fixed and recharge a little bit and i was gonna really try to do as little as possible for a whole month and i didn't shoot at all for that whole month but i have been working literally every single day for the whole month on my business and my computer and trying to set up new workflows for new software setting up workshops, all that kind of stuff. So it's been really productive time, but I haven't shot at all and it feels great. And I'm going to go shoot two hockey games this week and a bull riding and I have some other stuff coming up. So I'm definitely the month off was really good for me to recharge. I don't know. I've been quite select- selective of like what shoots I've been going to do. And I went to shoot Liverpool versus Manchester United, which is a very big match in, well, in all of England, really. It's, Liverpool has have their derbies, which is Liverpool versus Everton. But Everton, since like, I guess like forever, they've not been as good as Liverpool. It's never really like a really big derby. It's not like North London derby of like Arsenal against um, Tottenham. So Liverpool, Liverpool Man U has always been a very big match, and I luckily got the accreditation to go and shoot it because there is a Japanese guy who got bought by Liverpool during the January transfer. Probably won't play that much. Anyway, I wanted to go and shoot Liverpool, so I was very happy to go and shoot it. It was a good, fun experience. And then I shot my first uh, climbing um, competition in Sheffield. And this is a climbing competition where you're not allowed to use your leg, only your hands and arms, and I guess head. Uh, It's always a fun thing to actually go there and shoot. it was good. It was good. I had a good time. Bad shoots. I don't really see anything that I did. It was really bad. I'm just having a look. None. None so far. But I'm sure there will have more in the future because I think February is going to be quite busy. Um, I have like other shoots that are coming up 
And uh, yeah, it's always should be an interesting time. News-wise, well, that's really it, though. That's it. Well, this is a very, very short one. But sometimes there's not that many, you know, exciting, exciting stuff in uh, people's lives, you know. They're quite dull, as you can probably see. So, that was the really dull news. And we will go ahead and talk about what you've done for us this past month. We give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening. Don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one. Speaking of which, uh, we just received a donation via PayPal by, should we say the name or we don't say the name? I don't know. Should we not say the name? Probably not. Uh. No, yeah, not. Yeah, it's a very generous amount and it's very, well, obviously like money makes us happy. This like we, we've done it for so many years now and there are a lot of people who have benefited from what we have, you know, taught you in the past couple of years and some people have become quite successful what really does make me happy is you guys appreciate what we've been doing because there's no other podcast in the world that does what we do it's funny because we did it i did an ego search recently i was talking to someone about it and i uh, typed in sports photography podcast and we come out at the top did you know that by the way wow really no i didn't know that that's awesome and it's like because we are very different and we will continue to do it our way and people you know it's not for everyone i think there have been criticism in the past about how we conduct ourselves on the podcast we've never kind of like bad i you know eyelash about like what people have actually said because there are people who who actually do become better by listening to how we critique their work i really just want to thank all of you who have been listening for years, who just may be like listening for the first time. And this is really not for everyone, but we've never made it to be for everyone. Photography is a very tough job and a tough field to get into, and not everyone will succeed. But if you put a lot of effort into your work and listen to us, you will probably, you know, increase your likelihood of succeeding in the future as a sports photographer. So thank you everyone and we will continue to produce contents that will make you cry and give you nightmares and that is our purpose so saying that yeah i just wanted to, to jump on that real quick and and just say that you know just uh we definitely appreciate the the donation that we just got and you know just to put it in perspective that money like it's not we, we're not living on that money you know like I think that it, I don't even know how long it was in between when we even split it up the last time and the time before that. It's not the primary reason why we do any of this, but it does feel really good. The The note that we got last night was really cool. It was, you know, basically like, here's money. I don't want a critical be down. This is just because it's my favorite show. That means a lot to us. And it definitely, again, when we're looking at our calendar and we're trying to sync up time zones and schedules and all of that kind of stuff. It makes it a lot easier to do the show when we get emails like that and donations like that. So we appreciate it. And we would definitely appreciate a few more people jumping on to the Patreon question, whether this is worth it or not. One of our students has a better gig than either one of us do right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it's worth it. We will now go on to assignment desk. I had a look. So we asked you deal with indoor lights. Kind of easier said than it's quite a difficult thing because like, you know, lights got colors and sometimes you just really have to like really work out how you can actually use light to make your photographs look good. And we've got three people 
And these silences are just us looking at the <laughs> It's good. Picture. We're going to this I think some people are going to be able to learn a little bit here because we're going to go in pretty hard on this first one. Um what is that? With the skateboarding one? Oh god. Or the what the scooter? No, 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 okay. no, 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 skateboarding one. No, it's a scooter. Just, there's a hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, there is. So, all right. Okay. How, I don't want to say this and sound discouraging, but I think what we're going to do is post when, when this episode posts, we'll have a link to a playlist that I made on YouTube for photography basics to keep this podcast going. We can't get down to how do I freeze the action at one 200th of a second? Like that's a little bit below where we are right now. And I don't think that it would be super helpful for us to stop and go back and talk about uh, how shutter speed and ISO and aperture relate to each other and what that means for sports photography. So we want to help you and I'm not trying to chase you away here and, and we're going to have a link. It's going to, it's going to definitely be very clearly marked. Click here to learn about the basics of photography and sports photography. You cannot freeze action of anybody doing anything athletic at one 200th at one 400th. You can't, you don't shoot at F eight because there's so much going on. Like these are, these are concept issues that, that you're having right now. So very briefly, just to kind of point you in the right direction before I hope you go and find the blog post for this and click on the link. There are just some times where you can't freeze the action because it's too dark. That's that's a rule that we all deal with. Not as much anymore, but certainly for a very long time, we all did. LED lighting has made things a little bit brighter and high ISO cameras have made that a little bit easier, but you still have immutable laws of physics and there's only so much light to go around if you're shooting somebody riding on a scooter at one 200th, it's going to be blurry. It's going to be blurry at one 400th. If you're at 64, it's going to be blurry at 12, eight. If you're at one 800, you know, at some point you're just going to have to use a flash. That looks like what's going on here. You don't shoot sports at F8. Uh, you just don't there. If there's a exception to that, you'll know it, but in general, that's not what we're doing here. You don't shoot at F8 because there's so much going on. You pick out what your subject is. You compose so that that subject is in the right place in the frame. And then you use your depth of field to either call attention to your subject or call attention to what's going on around your subject. If you're just out there shooting at F8 and one 800th of a second, you have to be at 3200 because there's not enough light to be shooting at F8. This is all really backwards. So I want you to go, it's going to be at biglensfastshutter.com. It'll be episode 81 and there'll be some links below this. And I want you to watch these videos. I think it'll make it a whole lot clearer about what we're trying to do here because until you really understand these rules, you're just going to be bumbling around in the literal dark. You're not going to be able to think your way out of this if you don't understand fully what shutter speed is doing for you and what aperture is doing for you and why you want shallower depth of field on sports photography. There's not a whole lot we can do until the, the that foundational level is is established. So we want to help you and there'll be a very helpful link to a YouTube playlist. Maybe some other people want to look at this as well, but I would definitely want you to watch those. And then after you learn that kind of stuff, come back and show us what you have then. 
it's too basic of a question. And anyhow, like, by the way, the picture is also not good. As Matt said, you need to study a bit about basic of photography first. And then once you kind of get a hang of like what's going on, then you can kind of move on to thinking about lighting. It's not rocket science. It, it will all make sense very quickly. You know, like this, this isn't, this is not high level kind of stuff. You know, you'll, you'll understand how those three things work together. You'll knock yourself on the head and say you could add a V8 and you'll go back out shooting. I don't want this to seem like a, you know, three years of assignments in front of you before you get it. This is, you know, a, an afternoon. No, 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 no. That was uh, Dr. Jonathan. And this is going to be Bob. What we kind of wanted to do was like, I wanted you to kind of play with the light. So if I look at the photo and if I see that, like, where is the playing of the light or where is like the light actually making anything interesting? It doesn't exist in both of these photos. Yes, in that way, it's a massive, massive failure. I appreciate the fact that you actually put these things in because, I mean, like, I really believe that if you don't actually participate in these things, you're not going to get better. You know, it's like you don't you, if you like read the instruction manual for a camera, it's not like you're going to become a professional photographer after that. Maybe for some Instagrammers, yes, but that's basically how it works. You know, like you need to kind of like you know go out and shoot and try it out, especially in sports. So what I can really say is that with these photos, I think it's the whole like the warm, cool thing is fine but we kind of wanted you to like use there are lights I can see in this gymnasium and you could have like for instance like the one I just saw was that it could just be lying down and you could actually like have the light right behind the player's head you know because you can actually kind of like match it so that it would actually come right be, uh, behind your head and you can play around with that as well so that's the kind of like stuff we want it's not just like um, when I should turn it to be like a cool photo, you know, like a temperature wise or a warmer one, like uh, it's not really what we want. You know, we want you to really get into it and see where the light is, how big is light is, how small the light is, and then come up with a way to make it look cool with a photograph that you shoot or what subject that you're going to be shooting. So, Bob, I want you to kind of like rethink about this and really think, you know, where the lights are, how big, how small, how intense angles everything and try to make that i know work for you because otherwise like these two photos just doesn't do anything so i've i've had to shoot in this gym before and he's right it's it's a nightmare shooting high school basketball is is very difficult and it's funny because it's really how i got my start professionally um was shooting in this area in high school gyms and high school football fields and it's hard man you know there's there's no two ways about it these schools there's a school like maybe a couple minutes north of here. It's not just the pictures that look orange. It, it, you can it's so orange that you can see it with your eyes like in the in the gym. And that's tough. You you really can't do very much with that and so basically I would solve this problem by bringing in speed lights and either clamping them to the stands or the area behind the basket or whatever and some places would let me and some places would not let me it's very difficult to shoot straight up in in these kind of gyms and that's before we even get to what the assignment was which was to to use the lighting you know in a in an interesting way and panning picture i i'm guessing that those are lights up in the top but that's definitely not what we were talking about like if, if there if there had been lighting trails like that all through the frame or something then we could talk about that but just having a couple a couple of those fluorescent light trails at the top isn't going to really do it and the one above that 
you know, if you if you scroll down and look at Kevin's picture, it, he's very clearly arranged all of those lights in there. And this is as much a picture about the lights and the rafters in this building as it is the fact that there's a hockey game going on below it. And that's much more what we were looking for. So I'm looking at the ceiling in this in the Palo Alto gym. And what I see is these lights aren't even really close together because you have it's not a wide picture, but it's definitely you have a lot of the roof or the what the rafters in there and there's only three lights that I can see. So what you would want is somewhere where there was either more density of lights or somewhere where you could isolate one subject in front of one of the lights or in front of a line of the lights or something. But what I'm seeing right here is definitely like 1.5D thinking like you didn't even really make it to 2D and you certainly didn't make it to 3D. So there's there's a couple levels that you have to get to here. You have to recognize what's going on with the assignment, which is, you know, find us lights to use in a creative way. And you found the lights, but you didn't use them in a creative way. And then the picture wasn't good on top of it because, you know, it's really dark in there and mixed lighting and all of that other stuff. So I think probably we should do this one again. And, and I think that it might be instructive for Rio and I to pull some of our pictures that were, you know, maybe to give you a better example for this. I think this might be one of those ones where people just don't really have the experience to think all the way through this and maybe they need a little bit of a push. You know, I, I think back to I'm shooting at at AT&T where the Giants play and you're sitting in the right below where the on deck circle is and you're looking straight up at the guy who's in the on deck circle. And there are huge banks of lights right behind him. And you could say, oh, you know, this sucks because of the lights behind him and I can't get a good portrait of him. Or you can just wait until he turns so you can get his full profile and do a silhouette so that everybody knows who it is. You know, there are lots of ways to do this, whether it's shooting into the sun or shooting into lights or using reflections or any of that. And I think that we're going to do this one again and give you some examples this time because this is, we need to do better than this. I kind of thought it would be much easier thing to do like i know it's you know. it seems like a, there's it's more common right there's there's lighting everywhere like everywhere you shoot there's going to be light whether it's the sun or you know if you're inside and, and it's the lights i mean there is lighting so really at that point it becomes figure out the best way to put them in a picture and just give it a shot you know uh, it really it doesn't need to be that complicated it feels like they're trying to like run away from it as far as possible you know it's like they don't want to like just i don't know like confront it full on and like really you know make good use out of it because it's like and i think that confrontation is where the ideas come from don't like try to put it out of your head or don't you know you really you have to think into it you know like i i was trying to explain this to one of my students before it's like thinking about something isn't saying okay i have to go shoot in this place where there's bad light okay i have to go shoot in this place where there's bad light that's not thinking about it that's kind of like rolling up into a ball or something you need to take the next step into that problem what does it actually mean to be in a place where there's bad light what does it mean to be you know in a assignment desk where i'm looking for one really strong source of light or a really cool uh crack in a wall where some light comes through or something like that but you need to take the uh, this the step beyond okay i have a big shoot and i'm, I'm really excited about it and you have to get into what does it mean what are you going to do step by step when they're in there what are the features of the venue that you're in is there a, a big source of light or is the light just bad all the way around and then the best thing you could do is 
go into the corner and, you know, make some kind of super underexposed silhouette where the lights are just barely visible and everything else is just blobs of, you know, shapes or whatever. You know, at some point you have to say, photography is about light. There's light in here. I'm going to figure out a way to use the light in a way that wouldn't be obvious to just anybody who was in this gym. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, I guess you need you guys need to kind of step it up and um, like for some people who are kind of in advanced stages of you know shooting sports photography, like you really need to challenge yourself a bit more. Like this is this is really like not taking any risks whatsoever, and that's a bit of a shame. All right, so that is um, Simon Desk, and we will then now move on to what we are going to ask you to do for next month. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at biglensfastshutter.com. So, Masterclass, we have decided that we want you to take a hero shot. So, first of all, I want to say, is should we actually like include portraits as well? Like like set portraits or Whatever. no set portraits? Yeah. Whatever. No support. No, no, no. Okay, so no, no, no. Yes. Yeah. Whatever okay. they want. So we will include. You can do a set portrait session with an athlete, or you could take a shot of an individual in whatever sports that they are playing in. Like I just like I told Matt that like the hero shot, like they use a lot in agencies because they 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 try to be cool and whatnot. But basically, like it's just like a shot that looks cool. That's it. Basically, that's what it is. I want you to really kind of think about like how you want to make that athlete look in a cool way. So this is going to be a lot of imagination involved. Um, like I've said before, you could use, you know, flash and you could actually like, you know, pose them and do stuff. That's absolutely, absolutely fine. Or you could make it, you could, you know, in the flow of things during a game, um, you would actually get a shot that makes that athlete look absolutely awesome make them look cool make them look really 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 cool think about composition think about lighting as we've actually said really is it's up to you the imagination thing but make sure that if you show that to someone like if you're taking a shot and if you show that to anyone outside of your family or friends they would say man that's a that's really really cool like that's the response you want so if you, if you think you've actually gotten a shot show it to someone that you really kind of like don't know or you never actually show like any of your photography to and ask them what you actually think about it like does it look cool does that actually look really really powerful and really i don't know just wonderful so it's very important that you do this i've been doing a variation of this for a while and so for hockey right i'm shooting through a hole in the glass and 70 to 200 is kind of the standard for that like the some guys like if the team guy wants to use a strobe then that opens up maybe like the 100 to 300 or whatever 200 to 500 those weird high aperture lenses or whatever but if you have a strobe then you can use it you can cover more of the ice you can certainly cover the far end of the ice a lot better i don't strobe hawk it's not you know it's obviously not worth it so i'll shoot with a 70 to 200 you know as my main lens but then i'll always have another lens with me and sometimes it's a fisheye and sometimes it's a wide angle but sometimes i'll take my 300 and the 300 doesn't even fit all the way into the hole so you have to really be careful how you're composing so that you're not using part of the plastic to you know over somebody's face or something 
in between every play, they're skating around, they're waiting for the next face off, and I'm shooting my 300 at like the minimum kind of focusing distance, and I'm lower than they are. So it's like their head and their helmet and part of their stick maybe, and then the banners in the background of the rafters or the lights or whatever in of the arena. If you're shooting something else and you have another camera with you, you have a longer lens, then in between, whether it's if you're sitting on the end line and there's a corner kick or something, those, and the guys are milling around and they're closer to you than they would ordinarily be when they were playing, then you could make those kind of pictures. A lot of this has to do with being really close to them, whether it's close with a long lens or close with a wide lens and really incorporating them into their surroundings or something. But this part of it is is really easy to me. Like I don't even think about specifically making pictures like this most of the time because I'm shooting cowboys and basically you just put a cowboy hat on somebody and then that's a hero to a lot of people you know so uh that that part of it's really easy but the rest of it is really working on trying to get as close as you can and getting like a i don't know a good angle on the face that makes them look like an athlete a serious person somebody who's taking what they're doing very seriously and and then again if you're shooting from below and you're and you're looking at well what could possibly be in the background if it's basketball and and hockey it's going to be the, those rafters and maybe some banners a flag the scoreboard things like that you want to figure out where you can put those things in the frame so that they're not taking away from your subject they're not maybe breaking up a silhouette or something like that you really want to carefully arrange it so that everything is working together to make a picture that people want to look at what matt said is an example so don't take it literally okay because i don't want people like just taking whatever he just said literally and doing it's just an example be flexible it is but you know what man we're only getting like yeah three but like entries, so if everybody wants no, the coffee but i don't I'll, want people I'll, to I'll like start thinking too. like i oh, need to get a flag behind or like that like rafters but like just be flexible i mean just like just look at the athlete and like you this is like really what creativity is going to it matter a lot because i think everyone has their own idea of like how a hero shot should look like i don't want you to be too you know caught up in like if you like go to espn.com and if you see an article and there's like a hero shot of it like don't think that's the only way to do it you can kind of like take it as an as an idea but look at other shots as well you can like even go to like fashion magazine and have a look as well all right so this is like so more like a portrait session than anything else, but like there's so many things you can actually do with it. I, I would rather see like people try different things on this than try to kind of like fit into like what normal sport sporty like ESPN people actually think what the what a, a hero shot is. You know what I mean? But this is going much. I think it's gonna be much more difficult than the lighting. I think lighting is much easier than this. It's actually gonna be quite difficult to do. Well, everything's gonna be difficult until people start yeah, and thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's fun. All right, so that is uh, masterclass, and we will come back at you with uh, I don't know where else. To, I guess like yeah, I need to be really see like what we're gonna come up with next. But see you in a bit. Pledge Q. Everyone who has gone to patreon.com slash BLFS and given us money, in most cases, you get to ask questions. And for the past like couple of months, people haven't asked us questions. And it's a bit 
silly, I think, because you've paid for it. You might as well ask us questions. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's a money's money and you get what you paid for. So please ask us questions because we only have one question this month and it's from Simon West. Is it a new Simon? Is this another Simon West? From Simon West News. <laughs> All right. Following. Okay. So Simon West New is asking, following on from your comments in the last podcast where you were talking about uh, the changing market for professional photographers, what sort of work do you both expect to be doing in three years and how are you preparing your business for this? Less sports, more video, portraits, weddings, Matt Cohen, in three years, so this is going to be 2023, what, if you're not dead, what would we be doing? Because you might be dead. Yeah, it's interesting um, because I've been thinking a lot about this uh, specifically over the last month, but for longer than that. I've had a weird off season, like my off season is September kind of through February. Right as I was coming off the road, my laptop died in many ways like the screen and the keyboard and all of it i wasn't getting any work done i was having like serious panic attacks because buying a new computer at that point meant upgrading the os and not using aperture anymore which is something that i've been dreading for longer than we or as long as we've been recording this podcast uh you know i looked at all my options and i realized that even if i could get aperture running again it was still not a good use of my time because it was going to end eventually you know, just wouldn't be able to run it at some point. So I bit the bullet. I bought a brand new MacBook Pro that actually works, which is amazing. And I just got to work figuring out new workflows and different ways to do things. So I'm going from Aperture pretty much exclusively. My new workflow is Photo Mechanic Plus, which is their kind of cataloging product for Photo Mechanic, which is pretty quick as far as being able to tag and edit and, you know, just uh, get through a lot of pictures very quickly and I'm using Capture One for my actual editing. It's been kind of a bumpy road, but I'm almost at the point now where I'm as efficient as I was with two programs now than I was with one before. So that's kind of a good thing. And then as I was changing, I realized that a lot of the pictures you know, I have, my my rodeo archive is about 130,000 pictures, something like that. And significantly more than a hundred thousand of those pictures have never been edited at all. Either they, I just never did anything with them or they went to clients untouched and they edited them, but my copies aren't edited at all, which means I can't sell them, which means that when people want to buy prints from me, I have to edit them on demand, which sucks. And I looked at my calendar and I said, I have some time at home. So I'm going to edit all of my pictures. I'm doing about, I don't know, a thousand a day or something like that. And going from the most recent to the oldest one. So if I don't make it all the way back before I have to leave again, that's fine. But at some point in March or April, all of my rodeo pictures will be online available 24-7 for people to buy. And that's, I've never had that for my business anymore. And it is kind of a normal thing for rodeo photographers to do. And it just hasn't, because I make my money from the sponsors and gear manufacturers, I don't really need to sell prints. But having, you know, investing a couple months in doing this and then just having them up all the time will provide, I don't know, I guess it's passive income to some extent. And then obviously I have my workshops, which I've been spending a lot of time on. Those are kind of the ways that I am changing my business around a little bit because I don't want to be a sitting duck. Um, I, the way I look at it, there's always going to be 
more photographers and I believe that technology will continue to make the low end less valuable. I still think that there's going to need to be images. And I, I think that I trust myself to always make good ones. So I'm not worried about that part of it. So I'm just trying to diversify enough and have enough going on that if I have four years ago or something, it rained for the first two whole months of my season. And I was kind of way behind and very dependent on getting to a bunch of rodeos that didn't have a lot of rain to fulfill all my contracts. It was really scary. And I just, ever since then, I've been trying to move into a more diversified way that I don't have to worry about one client very much, or I don't have to worry about the weather, or I don't have to worry about uh, not feeling it for a weekend or something like that. So selling prints, doing the workshops, working on social media a lot more and helping clients with their own social media. Like those are all things that I'm doing to diversify. And, but still the core of my business is obviously shooting. Um, I had a, uh, conversation with a web designer, that guy I've been using for past, I don't know, maybe six years. And we decided to like, kind of really you know, think about like what I want to do with my work going forward because I realized like the print is kind of dead. It's kind of funny because I just actually got published uh, in a uh, climbing magazine for the first time. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, these things will happen once in a while, but it's not something that I can like, rely on, you know, um, each month. No. Like you can't, you can't, yeah, you, you can't build, like I, I think that, I don't know if people know this or not, like you cannot build a business based on selling photos, uh, basically, print, you know, yeah. like selling for print for, yeah. yeah, for print use or whatever, like for magazines or whatever. Like it's just, there's so, so many fewer magazines are paying so much less. I got a statement the other day for like the last couple of months or something like that. And there were, I'll take a picture of it at some point, but there were line items on there for like 14 cents and 47 cents or whatever. And that's not print. Stock. Obviously that's, digital but that yeah. that's yeah 98% of whatever is happening right now on my statement was digital stuff and it's all like the athletic or yahoo sports or espn or whatever and it's a dollar here and 75 cents there and three dollars there and 14 dollars here or whatever and you know it's fine it it makes it worth you know <laughs> when you when you get you know 15 pages or whatever of those it's like you're signing the individual checks like on seinfeld or something but um you know, like you're not like the days of uh, when I used to shoot college basketball and NFL football and uh, college football every day, like when I was shooting like five days a week or something, um, you could count on like a hundred and fifty dollar or a three hundred dollar or a thousand dollar Sports Illustrated check every month. You know, like I was constantly getting paid by Sports Illustrated. And it wasn't like, it wasn't my living, you know, but it was certainly like a car payment or my health insurance or, you know, something like that. And so those things have gone away like that. That's just not there. You just don't, you don't get sales like that. Like other than, oh yeah, that was nice. Maybe I can go on vacation because I had a couple extra sales or something like that. But it's not, you cannot build your business based on wire or selling to magazines or anything like that. Like you have to move up to you know, more valuable uses. So we were just talking, like, I really want to, like, for instance, like, work for brands. So people who actually produce the gear, so Adidas or Nike or Puma or, you know, whatever brands that I can work with. And also the other thing that I, that we came up with is uh, working for teams. 
Because like teams per se, they have money. Football teams, uh, whatever, like teams, other team sports I can you know can think of, uh, professional teams. And I think it's one of the stuff that like I am actually very very good at doing is doing like team stuff, and I can actually make photos of you know individuals and teams and doing whatnot, and just kind of you know give you a bit of a a different look to whatever they've been producing because most of the stuff that I've seen on like just anything like Rangers football and teams have been quite shitty because first of all you need access and you don't really get that and second of all it depends on the creative director who you're working with and most of the time they tend to like you know sway on the conservative conservative end so I'm kind of like hoping that I think like once because I'm going to like get the website um updated and then i think down the line in this like half uh, first half of the year it will be a complete redesign of the website as well but really more focusing on getting those big contrast uh, contracts as opposed to getting something very very small so like magazines or anything to do with the internet that will be my main focus i think in three years i also want to kind of like make sure like me personally that i'll be doing a lot more in terms of my own projects I really want to make sure like those projects will become like a calling card for me doing bigger commercial projects because at the end of the day I want to do my personal projects but you need money to do that. I don't mind if I actually go and start doing these brand shoots or like team shoots and if I get quite a lot of money then I can even do my own projects. So that will be my ideal. It's difficult to say uh, definitely not video that's really just out of my league I can't do it. So we're not going to even try. And I don't want to do it either. It's not a matter of like, yeah. Um, portraits, yes, because I've been doing quite a lot of portraits these days. So I'm kind of, I'm still learning. It's a lot of fun. Still photography and I really do love it. And it's just, you know, I, I think just portraits can be a lot of fun. Especially like in my gig where I'm usually, I have like, I don't know, less than five minutes to do a portrait, sometimes even less. So like, it's quite fun to like really be thinking ahead and like just preparing everything and just kind of doing things on the spot, but making sure like I get really good ones. Weddings. Yeah, if one comes along, I'm totally fine doing them. Absolutely not. It's kind of like corporate events as well. Like I do some corporate events here and there and I'm totally fine doing them because it's money. And it's photography, so I'm not going to say no to them. But there are people who do not really corporate events better, but like there are people who do weddings much, 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 much better than I do. Like that's for sure. Like that I, I know because I've seen some wonderful wedding pictures. And it's like, wow, those are amazing. But I don't want to do them full time because it doesn't really, you know, <laughs> excite me. Like if I can do like a million euro wedding once, I'm fine doing that. But like it's, it's that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Like they, these wedding photographers, they they work very hard huh, for like the, those really, you know, heavy wedding months. Like they really do. So I don't want to kind of like get stuck in that either. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be happy to do them. You know, as long as I don't have to do them all the time, I think it's uh, it's also a very interesting learning experience. So, you know, any types of photography, always just fun to do and always just uh, something you can actually learn from. This is Pledge Cues and, if you're, uh, you know, pledging to us at, at patreon.com slash BLFS. It could even be something like, you I will saw be able this to ask us questions. So please, if you're paying us, ask us questions. We'll be happy this to was there or something like that. I mean, I had so many questions. <laughs> I had so many questions when I was doing this. You know, yeah. I was just like Googling all the time and I was reading people and I thought, oh, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. And then you find out, no, they really didn't or whatever. Like I had 
an expert who had done it all, who I could ask. Yeah, I wasn't like right out of the box, like, okay, how do you do this or something? Because I didn't know enough to know those questions. But I think if you're listening for, I don't know, a few months or something like that, it should at least pop up some other questions. And they don't have to be about how do you do something like this? It can be like, what do you think about this trend? Or again, like, a picture that got published or somebody's picture that got published over your picture. The other day I had a, one of my students who got a shoot for a newspaper and he showed me the ones that the newspaper ran and he showed me the ones that he sent in. And I, you know, explained to him how he got screwed by the editor. If you sent in some things and you didn't, they didn't run what you wanted them to run or something, we can answer questions about maybe why that happened or things to you know, how to submit pictures and how not to submit pictures. We can help you with those kind of things, but you should have more questions. And if you don't have more questions, then you're not thinking or reading about this enough or going out and shooting enough. I can't even really remember the last day that I didn't think of something, maybe who to talk to about doing something or how to accomplish something, or if I could do something in a certain piece of software or something like that. Like you should always be running into situations where like, huh, I wonder if I could use that to my advantage. Having one question in a month or, you know, whatever is, I don't know, you should be doing better than that. I mean, especially if you're paying for it. It's like going to a gym and like, you're paying a gym membership and like not going, you know? Like, yeah, it's your sports photography gym. All right, well, that's it. Uh, we will see you in a bit. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with... Cross, 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 counter. Ugh. Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photo makes us quiver with joy. Yeah. This month, on this episode, uh, Matt Cohen sent me two photos... Well, two photographers set of photos from the Conor McGregor and uh, whoever, what's the other guy? Cowboy Johnson, whatever, Cowboy something, right? I don't know. He, he doesn't get to call himself Cowboy anymore. Or whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's Cowboy. Cowboy versus the Irishman, it, it, you know? It matters because he got his ass kicked and you can't get your ass kicked and still call yourself Cowboy. Well, they all need nicknames, don't they? Cowboy, whatever. All right, so, so we've decided to choose one each. It's always kind of like fun to like see two photographers shooting the same event, but seeing things in a different way. First of all, I have to say that Cooper, Neil, has got a better access than uh, Mark Rebelis. So that's basically, that's that's already like a disadvantage at that point. Like it just is. Yeah. So slightly not a fair fight to speak. We are going to talk about it. So Matt Cohen, Cooper, Neil. Yeah, so just, you know, a real brief background on this. Uh, Mark has been a guest uh, on here several times before, so you should know him already. Cooper, I really did not, I had no idea who this guy was. I'd never heard of him before and noticed that he was following me on Instagram. And I, I looked at his pictures and he's obviously a really, really good photographer. Uh, he shoots for like the NFL and the New York Times and, you know, he's high end editorial guy. So I woke up the morning after the McGregor cowboy fight and I don't watch this stuff. I don't care about the USC at all, but it was like two posts back to back and it was uh, two photographers who I obviously respect quite a bit. And I thought that it would be cool to kind of, you know, go over their pictures because it's, 
they're very different pictures. And obviously we'll have the links up to Instagram where these pictures are, but scroll through them. And the first thing that you should say to yourself is access as in they had much, much different access. So what we do access is it's not everything like let's not get carried away, but it is super important. And I think like right after the light is access. So the picture that I chose is McGregor and he's in his dressing room. He's wearing a shirt and tie. He's got his sleeves rolled up and his corner man is massaging his neck. And another guy is taping up his hand. Another guy is watching on. It's black and white. Super dramatic. The reason that this picture is so good is that it's quiet. There's nothing going on. Nobody's yelling. You know, it's a very quiet moment, but Conor McGregor is a very identifiable guy. The posture that he has is very identifiable. It's weird that he's getting taped up with his shirt and tie on. It looks like he's uh, at a spa. If you squint at it, he could be getting a massage and a manicure, you know, at the same time. So it's kind of, it works on, uh, you know, a couple different levels like that. This is access photography, right? You cannot make this unless somebody lets you. You're not, you didn't get this by, I mean, he hustled in that he did great work to get gigs like this, but he didn't, sneak into the dressing room or con somebody or whatever like the, you get this when you have access and you shoot for the guys that he shoots for when i say that i want to use the access that i get at the things that i shoot to bring the people who are interested in that event into the event this is what i'm talking about right the fans like they may get to see like a, a three tenths of a second clip in a montage somewhere or whatever, but they're not going to get this moment where everything is still, nothing is left to interpretation. It's all right there. You don't get that in a video and you don't get that in the photographers who like Mark didn't get to go into the dressing room. So when you get the access, you need to capitalize on it. And obviously this is a uh, very high level capitalization going on. I have to first of all say like shooting MMA because of the fact that like you have this stupid you know cage in front of you i think it's kind of the same goes for ice hockey like there's so like little place you can actually shoot from and obviously like it really depends on like how close like the athletes are and also how long the the match lasts as well i think this was like what 30 seconds yeah 40 so, seconds yeah. yeah so that's it it's just yeah. nothing really to shoot in terms of the actual fight in itself so the picture that i chose is like I mean, like, he's a good photographer, huh, Mark? Like, he, he does shoot good stuff. It's like, you do need time to actually, like, you know, get stuff. And that's the one, like, I would even, like, not even actually have the rest of the pictures there. But the first one's very, very cool. So he's basically posing before the match starts, and that's it. Because the rest of the, the, the photos that he actually has is really just, you know. I don't think this is after he won. I have no idea. It could be before or after. It looks like, no, nah, it looks like it's after. Right, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. that's triumph. So the the rest of the stuff is just like nothing. Just just nothing. That's also a very tricky thing when it comes to like these you know um, fights. Where if it's a sporting event, like if it's like you know football or basketball or baseball or whatever, like you have a set amount of time that you can say, okay, I've got. I can kind of like you know I'm gonna shoot like this way this uh, in the first ten minutes and that that you can actually like really plan out. But this one like you don't know. It could go full five rounds. It could just. 30 seconds and that's it if you're gonna shoot any sort of like you know mma stuff because the other stuff i don't think yeah i guess like wrestling also like any sort of like um 
uh, human versus human, like being the crap out of each other, it could end in a flash. So be very, very, very careful that you get stuff that is before and after because people will pose, people will do stuff, people will just like, because the action could really just literally take seconds to finish and that'll be it. Um, I like this one because of the fact that it's just like, it's a very good, like, I like where the hands are, you know? Because without the hands, like, I think it would not be so dramatic as it is. And he's looking up and you have the lights. We talked about, you know, artificial lights and door. And this is, that's a, the, the best case scenario because these are expensive, you know, bright lights. And it shows very, very well and it looks very, very cool. So things to think about before and after the match. Very, very important. Because uh, people really think, like, what they, you should be shooting is, you know, everything during the match. And as you can see from match selection as well, that's, before the match it's not because the match picture is a bit shit it's nothing happening you know we, both of them there's nothing for them to shoot it wasn't like they were actually there on that corner where he landed that big blow that would have been a whole different thing but if you're far away from the action there's nothing you can do literally nothing what you actually shoot is so far and so disengaged that it doesn't really matter be very very careful and very, very quite be quite mindful of what the situation is when the when the match starts and say, okay, this could end in 30 seconds. And sometimes, you know, it just ends in 30 seconds. You know, whatever opportunity you actually have to shoot the fighters and everything that goes, you know, before the before the match and after the match. And that's it. So if you have any suggestions for Cross Counter, please send it to me. And that is saveme at biglensfastshutter.com. We're going to have little mini interviews with Mark and Cooper, hopefully for next episode. And we're going to ask them about everything that went into the shoot and their access and what it was like to be there and how it went for them and what they liked and didn't like and what they would do differently. Like I said, Mark's already been a guest. Cooper's already agreed to do this. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get it all together right after the Super Bowl. All right. Well, that's it for Big Lens Fast Shutter. Uh, yeah. yeah, we will see you next month. And with that, we end the 81st episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. Uh, same goes for YouTube as well. If you search for a Big Lens Fast Shutter, you'll be able to actually find all our videos there. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. It's very, very important that you do this. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, please donate it to us at patreon.com slash blfs. To recap, patreon.com slash blfs, Facebook, website, and YouTube. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month. Super. It, um. What? So wait. Yeah. And yes, 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 no. And that is. I don't know what what episode this is. Sixty? No. Eighty? Are we doing it again? Oh, I thought we we're gonna actually do like uh, the hero thing. And 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 it really like yeah the money's happy but also like. So, you know, and I don't know, I'm going snowboarding. Benefited. Benefited. <laughs>
but I think at the same time it really it's a really good like <laughs> so 